Zero Waste Trash Talk is now sponsored by Twig, Tennessee Women in Green, a nonprofit that empowers, inspires, and connects women who are committed to environmental sustainability. I personally have learned and gained so much from being a member. And here at Trash Talk, we are honored to have their support. Visit TennesseeWomenInGreen.com or follow them on their socials to register for your first meeting. What's up, Zero Waste fam? It's Maris here. As a board member for the Tennessee Environmental Council, I want to introduce you to our CEO, Jeff Barry. In this special episode, Jeff, Michael, and myself catch up on what the TEC's been up to and formally invite you to celebrate their 50-year anniversary. This Thursday night, live, I will be co-hosting. Tune in to learn more about the council and how far they've come these past 50 years and how bright the next 50 years will be. It's going to be freaking awesome. So what's up? How's your day been? It's been a great day. It's been, uh, I got started by going to the Greenway and Cornelia Fort. It's such a beautiful place and a, a wonderful way to start the day every single uh, day. So aren't great. we so lucky to have that in our backyard? Yes, it's, a, it's an amazing example of keeping a huge green space open in the middle of a city, right? Yeah, it reminds me like of, that's my nature spot. That's where I mm-hmm. go to connect again, and it reminds me why we do this and I why I keep trying to make things better, like improving every day just because Cornelia inspires every day. Cornelia mm-hmm. Air Park is, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I know it to be a private air, it was a, an airport, and then the flood came in and ruined all the airways, right? Isn't that right? Mm-hmm. The strip yes, and everything? Yes, correct. Mm-hmm. That's and then right on, uh, spot on. they named Two. it after a female pilot from World War II, right? Yeah, Cornelia Fort spot. was her name, and and now yeah. now there's this uh, greenway, beautiful greenway. Yeah, her, we see deer over there, up. and the sun coming up in the morning. Jeff, that's our spot to chill and and catch up and and well, on in all fact, the that's where we met yeah, years ago. Um, oh my gosh, ago, let's tell the story. The... Let's tell the story. I want to tell it. Yeah. So, yeah. We went to, Michael and I and Jess went to practice and policy over in Shelby Park at that beautiful place. What is that, that building called? The Shelby Bottoms. The nature, um, the nature, nature center. Yeah. center. Oh my God, what a spot. It's so pretty. Mm-hmm. Went over there to, to do that and I realized we were talking and I think it was you that made the, that made the connection. Because, Have mm-hmm. I seen you running at Cornelia? And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh my God, yes. Because there's very few people up at between 5 and 6 a.m. running mm-hmm. Cornelius. Right. <laughs> it's a small crew. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it's also I always crew every day. <laughs> yeah, we know everybody up there. It's such a it's such a sweet little spot. But um so, yeah, see, we go to the other we go to the other uh, ends. I start on the either you end do, and you take, do. The, take the unpaved greenway. So while you guys are on the mm-hmm. on the fort uh, landing strip area, we're behind you in the woods usually. So Man, we're there every that. morning. Oh much, yeah. So Okay. Yeah. They are. They we are take, too. Uh, they have two big cool. Akitas. Yeah, we go hiking every morning, and uh, most of the time in in the summertime we have to limit it to shorter, you know, mm-hmm. mile or so because it's hot. But in the wintertime we start doing three to five miles. You can do f- over five miles almost all on the green unpaved path from end to end. Oh, that's so, so nice. I know it's so beautiful. I do get on those uh, the back pathways, mm-hmm. and it's a different experience, even though it's right across the tree line. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a whole different, you're in a different land and kind of it's cozier back there on the green, on the green paths. 
cozier and uh and there's more vertical spaces for my male akita to mark than the <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> michael is so aware of his animals i've learned so much from michael michael is also part of true rescue and doing a lot of things for them that's the name right true rescue yeah, right yeah that's the name it's a it's a new rescue that we started that branched off from uh some emergency rescue uh, facilities that we were all working at. And uh, we actually just mm. bought a facility, a putt-putt uh, golf batting cages in Lebanon, and that is, now it's pup-pup. I <laughs> love it! That's yeah. The batting cage is where the rescue yeah. animals will stretch their legs, and the golf course is where Man. it's going to be a private membership uh, uh, dog park. That is so cool. I what can't wait concept. to see it. And yeah. I think that's a good, another reason why all three of us like are very, very cool because we love animals and we love the earth. We love, mm -hmm. we love both. And that's mm -hmm. a good segue into why we're talking to you, Jeff, because Tennessee Environmental Council, which I'm now a board member for, and, mm -hmm. um, thank you for that. That is so cool. Um, yeah, we talk a lot about, uh, Tennessee Environmental Council, but a lot of people don't know it even exists. Mm -hmm. You're the, you're the CEO, and how long have you been the CEO? About a year or two years? Going on. Well, I was interim CEO starting January 2019, so we're a year and three quarters in yeah. the position. Officially voted in as CEO in summer, July 2019. So over a cool. year year and a quarter now congratulations again and why don't you Thank just you. tell us a little bit about your story and what you know long story short is just devoting my life to taking care of the environment and figuring out ways to improve it and get more and more people involved in that practice and just it's a decision I made in probably 1993 when I decided I wanted to use my skills my talents my abilities my interest in the world to make it a better place Take, take care of the environment and be part of those solutions that I would read about in the newspapers. I was always inspired by um, organizations or individuals that were doing amazing things in, in, when I was growing up in California or around the world. Yeah, I think our, my first uh, introduction, I, you know, we started doing this and going, hey, somebody's got to do something. And then the next phase was, okay, who's doing something that we need to attend and support? And yeah, the, that's it, the name the, of the game. The, the very first uh, day that I got involved, I went to an urban grain lab uh, event in the first part of the day and then mm -hmm. to the uh, uh, Tennessee Environmental Council happy oh, hour. Oh, yeah. The Those, were the the day. Those were the days. Those were the days, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and connection. It was, yeah. it was pretty cool. I was like, wow, there, there are people doing stuff here. Yeah. And, uh, it this, felt so it was good. inspirational. So, yeah. It felt okay. so good to be surrounded by mm -hmm. other people that care. So, um, yes. That's and, so and, cool. and that's a hard thing, too. I mean, we talk about, you know, it's like people, uh, how do I get involved? And people, like, mm -hmm. want to jump in, and they don't know where to jump in, and then none of us know where to use them when they want to be used. And then, then when you do call on them, they're not available. <laughs> yeah. So and at some I, yeah. point, we're, we, we all, as, as organizations working together, definitely need to, you know, figure out how to utilize all this energy and, and connect mm -hmm. everybody. That's so why I think we're that's, here. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that Tennessee Environmental Council, correct, is is one of your goals. Connecting people, yeah, and, and making sure people know that there's a way to get involved in the bigger issues that, I mean, the, the environmental issues are huge, right? Global warming, how do you possibly make a difference in that? Or microplastics in the Tennessee River in every mm -hmm. stream in Tennessee and most polluted in as far as microplastics river in the world. 
and and other things and the decline of pollinators globally right these are yeah big big oh, bigger than human in any individual human they seem bigger than any individual human yeah um, but they are in fact a result of every individual human and their yes. behavior choices so i feel like i'm at a something. sermon right now like, <laughs> yes keep going yes. <laughs> preach it <laughs> can i hear an amen <laughs> i want to give an amen right here yeah. sorry I, I really didn't need to interrupt you please keep going well that's it and so we we try to we do our best to break it down because we know the solutions start right here with you and mm-hmm. me the three of us on this podcast all the listeners out there uh, this is where the solutions begin and and so what can we do to break down global warming into something you can do right now right here in your backyard yes. front yard where you are and and so we we Tennessee Environmental Council one of our um, most more recent sort of approaches in our strategic plan is making those t- solutions immediate and tangible for people yeah so, that's a barrier mm-hmm. it's a it barrier is, yeah. the big picture is really intimidating you don't even want to put your toe in there, man. You're like, yeah, screw that. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out. Yes, that's and a that, that's a, that disempowerment is one of the most destructive, um, probably forces in the on the planet. Um, saying, screw it all. I was going to use a, a it's harsher word. It's the mental word, but... battle, isn't it? It's it's really mm-hmm. not even so much a physical issue. Like we are all capable of doing these simple things. But mm-hmm. no one is telling us to, to really prioritize it. We're just, mm-hmm. it's noise. To, it's noise to a lot of people. And what you're doing with that is exactly how we're trying to approach it. Baby bites. Mm-hmm. Baby and, and steps. To the, <laughs> to the point about uh, it, it being approachable and doable if you have the willpower, uh, I read an article recently from, a, it's like bikepacking magazine and uh, this bike packer which basically you put all your stuff on your bike and you ride for days and go camping yeah, yeah. And, and he they try to do a zero waste trip which is tough when you're taking packaged items and camping mm-hmm. stuff and all of that oh and, yeah and what do you do with your even your compostables on your trip you know oh, and, yeah. on, on the way and he it was a really good breakdown and and at the end of it he was equating it to well you know it's just a, a frame of reference because a lot of people would think riding a bicycle for two days over 60 miles was insane when you can get in your car and drive it's like so <laughs> it's really mm-hmm. i wanted the benefits of doing that and so i did it and he said the zero waste was the same thing he wanted the benefits of the zero waste and not polluting the environment along the way and it's just a mindset and, it, and once you get into that mindset i think your individual actions it does it does kind of build and uh, I think, you know, groups like Tennessee Environmental Council are giving people a way to get started, get that, get that first step going, yeah. which is usually composting, right? Is that composting or the trees? What Tell is your first Tell us about end? your programs. Yeah, yeah let's go mm-hmm. to yeah. the programs first. Well, what I inherited from my predecessor, John McFadden, Dr. McFadden, uh, he has a PhD in aquatic biology. Yeah, and so I learned John. a lot from Dr. J. And, and so uh, he created in, in the, the board of directors in at the time in 2007 created the Tennessee Tree Project with a goal of planting and caring for one million trees in Tennessee. And so when I came on board in, in the Environmental Org, um, Council in 2014, so almost seven years now, which is crazy, but um, the, the Tree Project was approaching its first 100,000th tree planted. So and I think it was that fall um, of 2014 when Tennessee Environmental Council planted tree number 100,000. How do you keep million. track of how many trees are planted? How uh, how do you do that? 
Uh, you could make the little mark on the wall, like yeah. Every Are you getting like calls marks? in, like we got another one? <laughs> <laughs> That's five more planted in Lake County, Tennessee, right there. That's yeah, what I'm we, thinking I mean, of right yeah. now. <laughs> we uh, sometimes we plant so many trees, we forget to say, count the trees we planted today. Uh, or yesterday, in fact, we planted like uh, about ten more in a in a rain garden build. There are more shrubs. Oh, doesn't but... that feel so good to plant trees? Oh, yeah. Doesn't it feel it's so incredible. good? I want to plant a tree. So do you have to sponsor? Do you have to buy you know buy your or your tree? How does that work on the website and everything? Like mm -hmm. how to explain, when we open that, that up, so we decided to do a statewide tree planting event every year as one of the ways to get a large number of people across the state involved in planting those trees. And so again, to make it easy for people, we set up a series of uh, volunteer-run pickup locations across Tennessee. We're in the process of recruiting those right now, and those are at UT Extension offices or sometimes retail outlets. We'll picking up the trees. We'll have we will ship the trees from the nursery to those locations, and then people c come from the community and pick up their trees at those locations. Uh, and we realize that. We are a statewide organization and we have to be proactive about hitting all 95 counties. Otherwise, we will just do our work here in Nashville because it's mm. close and easy within reach. So we're constantly thinking about how do we get out to all 95 counties. And we just developed a, a partnership with the Natural Resources Conservation Service, a federal agency that has offices in all 95 counties. We work a lot with the UT Extension offices, Ooh. which have offices in all 95 counties. That's going to help. Like yeah, it's it's like there are there are I mean Dollar General has it. We we have not developed a partnership with Dollar General, but they have stores in every town pretty much, you know. So wow. if you can get stores like that to be or or infrastructures like that to be the the infrastructure, then we don't There's have to plenty. create it. We just leverage what's already there. That's and so cool. so what for you to answer your question, Maris, you would go to our website when we open that in November. You would order any the number of trees you want, and if you want, you can make the donation. Um, we aim for about two bucks per seedling, and they're all native trees. They're all grown in Tennessee. We do get a small batch from Missouri, um, and and then you have your trees on order. You decide where you want to pick them up, and on tree day, you go get your trees and you plant them. So. What if you don't have a place to like? I have a yard, but I've got trees already, and over, you know, there's no place to plant any more trees. So, what mm -hmm. if I want to plant trees, but I don't have a space to do it in? Uh, so, you can gift a tree, and if you, um, you can go to our website, and that's another thing we do coming up around um, Green Friday, uh, formerly known as Black Friday. We run a promotion where through the holiday season you can you can make the donation for the trees, and we will find a volunteer to plant it for you. So that's one way. Cool. Um, and, another and how much, to, and that's $2 also? You can just, or, or is um, more? I think there's a, there's a higher price point for that because there's more logistically involved for us to do, but it's mm -hmm. still, it'd be somewhere like five or 10 per tree. <laughs> still pretty good. Yeah, I imagine yeah. that. You go to a nursery or even Home Depot and Lowe's and you buy a tree and they're easily 25 bucks, right? For a small one or for a shrub and, and upwards from get, there. You have your own nurseries? Is that how you get the trees? You have your nurseries? We partner uh, for this with the Tennessee Division of Forestry, which is part of the Department of Ag, uh, the Tennessee Department of Agriculture. And, the, and that, that agency runs a nursery that is, I forget how many hundred acres, or 80 acres plus out there in Polk County, southeast Tennessee, right up against the And they're the, just strictly uh, the for mountains. your program. They're just for your program to just put them out. 
Well, or, the, the forestry has, they do about 6 million trees a year that they grow out there. And they, they most of their clients or their uh, customers are forestry companies that are reforesting after they clear cut, right? They clear cut oh. to either build, uh, to make lumber or, or paper or whatever wood products. And then they buy it new trees from the state-run nursery so it's a supposed to be a self-sustaining operation but we get our trees at wholesale from that nursery as well cool uh, awesome. what a great what a great present too you talk about you know lowering your consumerism when you like people mm -hmm. want to buy something for people and we're always like do not give us gifts we've had that rule for over mm -hmm. a decade we don't we, we'll, we're adults we buy what we want we're not children uh if you you know we we control what comes into our house. And so we're often looking for ways to show people how you appreciate them. And uh, I think a tree would oh be, God, a tree yeah. planting is a way better gift than giving somebody some cheap item that's disposable mm. or whatever, just to say, I'm thinking about you. This is something, yeah. if you think about it, how long is that tree yeah. gonna, life, how long is that tree gonna live? Air. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. For how long? A long time. That tree's gonna, that's a present that's there for, you know, a hundred years probably. I think that's it's so amazing. Sweet. It, it sort of flips consumerism upside down because when you buy a product at the store to, to use for yourself or to give as gift, there's all these resources that go into making it and getting it to the store. And then you use it a few times, maybe once or twice, or a TV you use for a few years. And then you have to dispose of it, get rid of it. Um, most right, people landfill right. those things. You could recycle them, hopefully. But a tree is something you, you buy and you put it in the ground. And then it gets bigger every year, and it, it draws in carbon, Listen, more carbon every year, and it it, it cleans up more there, water every year. It's like wow. I know, yeah. Like there, I think that uh, women, you're gonna agree with me to receive a tree from someone that thinks you're special. I mm. just don't know what I would have would do. Hey, wink, wink, out there. <laughs> <laughs> Looking for a gift for your lady friends or hey, your guy friends? if you want to yeah. buy me a tree, I wouldn't be mad about it. <laughs> in my name, yeah. if you want, you know. You so just... is that a thing? We can go to the website, buy a tree and put it in someone's name? Yes, we will launch that in mid-November as well. And a lot of this, so, so cool. whenever, it depends on when you so run cool. this podcast, when you listen, but there are things that people can do year round. The gifting a tree is uh, something we set up for the holiday season, although we could offer that as a year-round program. But there are yeah. programs that you can get involved in. Like composting is something. It is a is if you eat every day, which most humans do, unless you're fasting, <laughs> intermittent fasting, right? You're gonna be creating yeah, food yeah. waste. You know, like it's inevitable. Like you're gonna create food waste if you're a human being. Um, you know, we eat. We drink, we pee, we poo, and 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 then we have these scraps <laughs> from the kitchen that have to go somewhere. And it's just this, it's the cycle of nature. Like we're we're part of nature, we're not separate from it. We are inherently natural, and so we're going to create waste. And it's a question of how we're going to utilize that. How do we dispose of it in a way that's going to improve rather than degrade? Not the composting hurts my soul. When food oh, goes yeah. into the trash, a little piece of me dies every single time. It's so, it hurts so <laughs> bad know. to see like apple cores and like TVs in the same trash bin. You know, you're like, what is happening here? What are we doing? I think it's even, it's even scriptural in the Bible. There's, it talks about it, the way we treat our trash is very symbolic of the way we treat really? our planet and ourselves and each other. It's like, it's not just something you toss. I mean, it, it, some people do. And that's what, one of the first things that inspired me to be an environmentalist was when I was a kid, my parents were fishing 
up in the lakes of the eastern Sierra Nevada mountains cool. in beautiful, pristine land. And then we'd be walking along the shore because we didn't like the fish as much as my parents. So we were little mm-hmm. kids, probably seven, eight years old. And we, we would see trash and bottles and cans and wrappers along the shore. And here we are, people that are enjoying nature, out fishing and hiking. And still people are throwing trash out there off the boat. Or it ends up, or it gets there from somewhere because of anyone displacing trash mm -hmm. anywhere. Just not having, just not caring. And that's why composting is such an easy solution to some of 40% of the landfill, almost. And it's all on, on your website, Tennessee Environmental Council, provides information free information on their website alone that you can go there and learn more about recycling and plastic you can go and learn how to plant your own garden and you can learn how to compost and you can learn how to or you can actually request i i saw that there was a form if you want to have your business learn how to go green you can go on their website and fill out a form that was really interesting because i know urban green lab does something similar right do you have what what is that if you fill out the form what do you what do you guys do in response to that well we have gone it's not a robust program at this point but uh, if a business does want us to walk in and we could do a voluntary no cost walk through and just like a, a trash a, audit it's more like a yes yeah, it's, like, it's like an audit of all your environmental um choices uh, from energy yeah kind of like a b corp would go in and and do it that's for free and i mean you know at least just a few things to help i actually thought of filling it out (laughs) for where i work even though i'm i'm doing Mm -hmm. a pretty good job i can say gentlemen i think we're yes we're progressing (laughs) but um, you're the internal champion as they say right (laughs) you're the one we need coming from the inside out guys (laughs) we have we need a mayor's in every business establishment that you see as you drive down the streets just stop it's also it's also awesome to have backup you know like yeah that's what i'm saying like it can get really hard by yourself you're just constantly challenged and you're trying to find ways to educate people instead of making them feel small or you know Mm -hmm. figuring out who really is interested and who is not because it has to be a personal uh choice you have to want to Mm -hmm. do it it doesn't you can't make anyone do it. I learned that from Bobby Bandy, who I would really love to have as a guest. I saw him. He came in and did an audit for us to get recycling at where I work, my gym, Hotbox Fitness, because we all know I have a Lululemon goal by December 2022. We're going to be zero waste or very close to it. And Bobby told me when we yeah. when we had an audit at my last job, because I've done this a few times, guys, it's like, the, the search or the journey goes on. You just have to be persistent and and come from the heart, really, um, because we are only one person, so the system is not being kind to us. But there's resources out yeah. there. I've, I've struggled with it for a while, but Bobby Bandy, he told me the last time I asked him to come and kind of look at the place to have a recycling, uh, an opinion of what should go where and what we should do, he said it has to come from the top down. And and if and if the people in charge don't believe in it, it's really hard to keep going if they're not going to support it. Even if you have things in place, if people don't actually learn what they're doing and have a, a stake in it, really, um, then they're, they're really not going to do it. And it's just kind of all for nothing at that point. So these these things that we have in Nashville, I just I really wanted to have you on today, Jeff, because we we're talking about 
number one, there's ways to do things even though you're only one person. And Tennessee Environmental Council is statewide. Besides the amazing programs of planting trees, they have a bee pollinator program that you'll have to go on the website and look at. Actually, we're working on getting maybe a possible virtual party coming up for the bee pollinators. And that, you know, engaging mm -hmm. our participants really with the the invisible barrier of COVID. We can't get together. The bigger picture is how do we get more Tennessee Environmental Councils in every state? How I'm from New mm. Jersey originally. I don't know if there's a New Jersey Environmental Council, and that would be amazing if there was a network of all of us. Yes, and we all there is, yeah, and we all unified forces. That would be insane, wouldn't it? Because that would be bigger. We would we would really gain some traction, and I think the awareness of Tennessee Environmental Council can spread. I want I want people to hear this in other in other states yeah. and go. I wonder if I have an environmental council. I'm going to look into that. You know, I think, and there are starts. a lot of states that have. Uh, I know there's a there's an Alabama environmental council. There's an Oregon environmental council, and there so are. Okay. and I don't know what the I don't know how many there are. Not every state has them because it's up to the community whether or not you create something mm, right uh, they're all somebody's got to rise up <laughs> yeah yeah and i th i love the idea of hosting a, a national conference of all the environmental councils or the statewide environmental organizations in each state that and and, and you were saying stuff that reminded me that how important it is to make the solutions as accessible as anything else in our daily life where First of all, we have to make it, I believe we need to make it fun for people and mm -hmm. something where they feel sure. they're part of a community and we package it up and we may, we ship it to you. We, we bring we're the not solution saying, as close to you as we can. We're not saying you have, you know, you're, you're not capable of understanding. We have to like entertain you or like convince you. It's really just about right. enjoying it and not and making yes, it this it. negative thing that people, it's just word of mouth. People have just always said mm -hmm. that's not worth my time it's it's not gonna work it's fake it's this it's that's like you know what just just try to do just try to do your best and and make it the best you can because if you hate it every day there's just nothing coming from that kind of energy that negative energy yeah. I know, and that's all—that's an energy that's always going to be among the human. It's going to be there. We're going to have part it. Of being human. And there are days when I, I like, I, as much as I am an advocate for these things, there are days when I, I just want to throw that dirty glass bottle into the trash because I don't want to take the time right now to do this. It's not my responsibility to save the planet and solve all the problems. It's a human and thought. So, it's a common human thought. Yeah. You, you have to have those every once in a while because you're human. It's gonna. It's yeah. it's okay. Okay, and that's guys. why I love that, like the T-Deck just launched a zero waste challenge. And I've been doing that too. And I have two daughters that are very environmentally okay. conscious. How and they, applicable they, are they those? They keep me on my game. And Tell me about that. Tell me about, yeah, okay, and, so you just did a compost challenge. Did someone win that? Yes. Uh, Slow Food Nashville won our compost challenge, which means they recruited the most people to start composting. Wow. And our, our compost program is residential composting because... If you live in a house or an apartment and you have a space where you can start putting your kitchen scraps and letting those turn naturally into soil, which they do just by putting them on the ground, they turn into soil, right? Uh, so we want to make that resi the residential composting is something anybody can pick up and start doing immediately yeah, like today these right? after listening to these this competitions, podcast, right? These contests are, you can win money by recycling yeah, like, and yeah, composting exactly. and just uh, going Incentives. and- 
Yeah. So that's, we that's need the more fun incentives part to too. save the planet, right? <laughs> <laughs> Not only do you feel good because you're helping that big global issue, um, but you're, actually your yard could look nicer if you plant the pollinator garden over there and your trees over there and then your little Just pocket little prairie over there and then your Ooh, compost Michael's piles over there. Michael right. has an in you didn't even mean to do it. You just stopped mowing in a no, certain. No, I did. No, oh, you I, did. Yeah. Well, I, I want. I like to let my yard be longer, and I like especially when there's the clover that's in there, and uh, the you know the bunnies eat it, and the bees like it, and so I try to leave things longer. And I, an area that's next to my fence so is thoughtful. overgrown. I decided to kind of, you know, see what ha just not mow there and let it just go to nature. And I was surprised it wasn't just overgrown grass and clover. Suddenly, all these plants popped up. Mm -hmm. yeah. It looks like I've kind of, it's a little messy landscape, but it looks like I planted things there and I didn't. It's it, so I just cute. stopped mowing. Oh, oh God. My, that's such a great story because, you know, if we, we could reforest the entire state of Tennessee, like with by by next year if we just stop mowing our lawns you know not <laughs> now i'm not advocating for that i like my oh. little pats of mowed lawn over there but that's how fast nature or will planting regenerate. or planting more native plants like oh my gosh michael have you seen jeff's yard he no, has the most beautiful yard Tell him about those sunflower. They're not the sunflowers. Swamp daisies. The swamp daisies. By he has a whole <laughs> line of them, and just was explaining to me how they just popped up after he planted just a few, and he yeah. actually is going to give them out this year to some lucky people. And I'm I'm hoping to be on that list, Michael. You could maybe get on it, but um, I'm definitely going to be number one or two. I'm thinking they're yeah they're in full bloom right now. They're native and they they bloom in October. And, and I'll just put hold it picture up here um i know it's not gonna be great but you can see them that's like oh the row they're of them. so um, pretty i plan them next to my driveway so they create this privacy screen but they get Those 10 look nice in your yard tall. michael wow they're incredible and they they're in full bloom right now so there are bees buzzing around like crazy um soaking up the last nutrients of the of the season so before they go into cool. hibernation right it's and, about to be winter yeah. it's about to be winter so mm -hmm. you can when is a good time to start these types of things like you could go on and start doing the challenges like the compost challenges right away the compost is year-round yeah plant pollinators plant are kind of year-round is going to be in november but you can buy you can buy one at any time for gifting right mm -hmm. or for yourself yeah and then, we'll, we'll have the gift the tree set up in november for folks Hey, Zero Waste Squad. We're gonna take a minute and run an ad for a company that we love, Compost Nashville. Composting doesn't have to be complicated, messy, or even time consuming. Compost Nashville can set you up with a lidded bucket to store all of your food scraps and compostable materials that gets picked up once a week from your doorstep. It's that easy. By signing up, you're not only diverting 30% of trash that would normally go into the landfill, but you're also getting finished compost to use in your own yard twice a year. Not into gardening? No problem. Compost Nashville lets you donate your finished compost to a local farm or community garden. Last year, your fellow Nashvillians used this service to divert 730 tons from the landfill. This 1.5 million pounds of compost removed over 1,400 metric tons of greenhouse gas emissions from the air. That's like taking 3,687 cars off the road. Use the code TRASHTALK for 50% off your first month when you sign up at compostnashville.org. Tell us about the 50 years and how you can either be a part of it, donate to it, because it's a special event. Well, yeah, it's, it's pretty, it's an honor for me to be 
a CEO of an organization that turns 50 in December this year. 50 years. Uh, 50 years old. Founded in 1970, December 11th, 1970 is when the charter of the organization was signed by the Secretary of State. There were six organizations, nonprofits that came together and said, we need a statewide council that focuses on the environment and public health. And like yeah, that. so in order to celebrate and, and uh, to 50 years, we're going to do a virtual celebration. Of course, it's going to reach more people that way and be more accessible and safe for everyone to participate. Yeah, um, but yeah, with, with you as a board member, Maris, I, I, <laughs> we've been talking about, I, I hope, and uh, the prediction is that uh, Maris and Jimmy Welch III would Jimmy be our, Welch. our MCs. Uh, Jimmy Welch, passionate about the environment. He's yeah, he a board is. member as well. He was and in our group in the beginning of Zero Waste Trash Talk. He was hanging out with us. That was oh, one of so our great. dudes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we met was him at, at the, the... It all feels right. It all feels so right. So cool. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I was, I was with y'all when I first moved to Tennessee in year 2000. It felt like almost like, I mean, I came from Southern California where recycling was curbside and, right. and compo- we did composted different. and recycling and all that. It was different. just part of the culture, the fabric of life. But yeah. move here and it's there was no curbside at the time and, and there were not as many um, of the progressive groups around that were talking about the environment, but there are a lot more now than yeah, there were then. But there were a few right. the Sierra Club, the Audubon, and, and uh, Tennessee Environmental Council, of course, was here. That's where I had my first office. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was 20 years ago. Uh, so, uh, cool. but, uh, but to, it's our birthday. Uh, our anniversary is December 11th, 20, uh, 2020. And we're going to celebrate the best way we can, make it entertaining for people. We want people to tune in and, and have a meaningful experience, not just us singing happy birthday to ourselves, but something where you, the listeners, the viewers, would gain some benefit by tuning in on December 10th. And we have some special announcements we're going to make that lay the groundwork for our next 50 years. Yeah, so it's going to be a good time. So, cool. so you started the environmental council started in seventy in, in December. So that's that was that a direct reaction to the first Earth Day? Is that how this came about, or do you know the origin story as far as why at the beginning? You know, one of the, the founders of Tennessee Environmental Council was this, the architect of the the Davidson County merged government, right? Um, county and and metro governments became one city metro council well cecil brandstetter was one of the architects of that and he was also a signatory on our our tennessee environmental council charter so i'm i can i don't know what they were talking about how long they were talking about creating a council but i'm pretty sure it was probably a year or so before the actual signing of the charter because it takes that long to create a nonprofit. Uh, but you know the other things that happened mm-hmm. in the same time frame was the yeah the first Earth Day was in 1970. It was founded. It was a golden movement. The U.S. Environmental Protection Agency was founded on December 2nd of 1970. So mm-hmm. nine days before Tennessee Environmental Council was founded, you had the U.S. EPA being signed in by executive order from President Nixon, and the first U, uh, EPA administrator was um, declared. And and then two years after that, the clean um, is it the Clean Water Act was, or was it's it Clean Air and Water? On. Yeah, 1970 was a, a shifting, a milestone year for the environmental movement in America and globally. And, and a lot of it was because things had gotten so bad. The air pollution was, um, was kind of like COVID of today. In, in major cities, you could not go outside in some, on certain days not because there are fires burning in the forest nearby, but because of the factories and the 
um, the way we are generating electricity and, and the, the lack of emission controls and cars as well. LA Basin, man, had worse, awful air pollution. It's a lot better now. There's always room for improvement. But so the, the Cuyahoga River caught on fire, the Ohio River caught on fire. You know, like these, these wow, massive indicators. The hole in the ozone was massive, and that's what protects us from uh, the skin cancer from the sun, right? So yeah. Um, these mass major environmental indicators were were clear that we were not doing well on the environment, and so I'll, I mean, President Nixon it was the guy who signed the executive order. He it was his idea to create a U.S. Environmental Protection Agency, not not necessarily known as an environmentalist, but mm. um, but yeah, it was it was uh, politicians were on board, and so we had wow, these yeah. significant um, and we're, we still abide by Clean Air and Clean Water Act t- today, and they've had huge benefits for. Our society. That's, that's great. And and so where where do you see? You talk about you know, and you're probably gonna you guys are gonna talk about that on the anniversary uh, event that you're having. But where do you kind of see Tennessee Environmental Council going with uh, like working with other groups and other states, or building with city groups? Or I mean, what what's the what's your number one goal right now for Tennessee Environmental Council? And that's a great question, and I, I I'm so excited about our future that I do, and I don't want to spoil surprises that we're going to hold for December 10th. So it's, okay. a tough, it's kind of a challenging question to answer. But we did just um, our board of directors and Maris was in the meeting with the, um, we had a retreat a year ago. We we created a five year strategic plan. So the the question is, what can we do as an organization to make the greatest impact in improving Tennessee's environment for for the future? Right for now, but for the the next phase of our organization, mm-hmm. and well, so we want to look at everything that we can do to make it an in- impact on the improvement of our environment. Things that we can um, look around today and see the world is a little bit better place, mm-hmm. and just by doing this thing. So if I look at my front yard, I see this wow, this fifty fifty foot um, wall of yellow flowers that are in full bloom right now because I planted them three years ago and it was just this little big of an area and now it's 50 feet long. And so we, in other words, we see, we can see transformation take place in a very short amount of time. And so what, what more can we do to create programs like that where people can take, sign up on our website and there's a a number of things right there you can click on sign up for and then take it home right now and get started doing that thing. And most of them are things you, you, you spend a, an hour maybe setting up the compost pile or planting the pollinator garden. And then nature does the rest, right? It's not like you have yeah. to do this all day, every day. You do one little thing and nature does the rest of the work and you get to reap the, the benefits of that. A uh, so goes a long more way. and more, I mean, really, I want to see the, the landscape of Tennessee transform. Um, by, I mean, when you plant these flowers and trees, our neighborhoods are more beautiful and it's an instant transformation. One tree planting effort in a morning can make the front of a, the sidewalk along that busy thoroughfare all the more beautiful. Um, and, and for generations, right? One spend a couple hours in the morning and the benefits last for generations. And it's literal. It's not just a uh, hyperbole, right? So, um, I hope that answers your question, Michael. Yeah. It's like, what, what can we do for the future? Can yeah. I ask you a personal question about that too? Absolutely. Do you personally believe that we can plant more trees and that will make a difference versus how many trees are being cut down every day? 
That's a good question. And that's where uh, <laughs> it can be self-defeating because but the answer is yes, absolutely we can. I mean, India set the world record with some 48 million trees they planted in one day with 800,000 volunteers and Ethiopia wow. did one up and planted like 60 million trees in a day in 24 hours. So yes, absolutely it can be done. And it's just a matter, like you said earlier, Michael, what is, is it our will to do that? Do we have the will to do such a thing? And we are working on things on that scope, on that scale. And how do we put the pieces in place to make that happen? But yes, yeah. it can be done. I also think that you know you're right about that being a a, a tough um, uh, metrics there because uh, trying to say okay my recycling effort my composting effort is is making a huge difference that that's 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 the tough math to do here and I think your analogy not analogy even real life story planting seeds and then that grows and expands beyond what you were thinking we talk all the time about how we're planting seeds, our, our actions and the things that we recommend people do and we, we do it ourselves and people see us doing it and it rubs off, it's planting seeds. And mm -hmm. no, it's not going to move the needle, one person's uh, actions, it's not gonna move the needle at all, but all of our actions as, as it spreads, as the seeds grow, you know, it only took three years for your flowers just to, makes to go out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Three. It, it, my sister Jennifer. She and she got these uh, swamp daisies from someone in West Nashville that don't. She pulled them out as weeds and and wanted to get rid of them. So she gave them to my sister. She planted them in her house and she gave me some. And now they're here. I've given them to like <laughs> six or seven neighbors, and they're all over the neighborhood now. So uh, great! It's, it's I love that. But you know, it, along those lines, like um, I'm always inspired by. Uh, farmers, especially tree uh, people that do are in forestry or the maple, uh, the maple farmers of the Northeast, where they plant trees, knowing that um, that's going to be their profit in twenty or thirty years. You know, imagine yeah. having that time frame, right? And so, if we can just start doing things today that that we know will have an impact twenty or thirty years from now, it's to me much more empowering. Um, and it's not like you have to wait 30 years to see the benefits of that. Um, cause you, once you plant the tree, then you can see it right now. And, and there's that feeling of, wow, I just planted that and look how beautiful it is. And you can see it grow a little bit every day or a little bit every season. Um, it's not like you have to wait. It's, uh, the, the, the gratification is instant and long lasting. Yeah. I think that I relate to that in my generation and younger generations relate to that in a way that's. It's a convenience for us, right? We don't, we have been used to having instant gratification in so many areas of our lives that that concept is almost just like archaic <laughs> to us. <laughs> Plant a tree. Yeah. <laughs> Why would yeah. I do that? No. And then, you know, and then having to, you know, I could just have one full grown plant. No, but I think mm -hmm. that's such a beautiful lesson. And I've only hit, I'm hitting 33 this December, guys, and I'm pretty excited about it because I have really s learned some things in the last couple years that have just changed my complete every perspective about life in general. It's it takes time to learn. You have to figure it out and give yourself that grace and time. It's not an overnight thing. We mm -hmm. I've taken 30 it's taken me 33 years to get where I am now. So I think in that way, it's going to take at least another 33 years to really dig in, 
now that I'm starting over like a baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, those, those, those seeds that your mom planted took more than three years, right? <laughs> yeah. she's My mom has been a different leader to me and prioritized that in my life and not all parents do that. And that's something I'm struggling with thinking about being a mom. I, I, I would want to be surrounded by people with my child that that would see that example and that's not something we can control everyone is going to do what everyone wants and as mm -hmm. long as we keep going setting the example then people start to catch on i'm i really have to believe that i have to believe that i have to tell myself that and that's the only way that i can continue doing this but mm, Tennessee yeah. Environmental Council, yeah, guys, this is this is the reason I wanted you on because I knew we were going to have a really great conversation about this because we're all very passionate people and not being able to see you all the time, but you are kind of my neighbors. So I see Michael outside <laughs> and I see Jeff outside because they're my outside people anyway. But yeah. um, and, if and you want... For your enthusiasm jeff I mean, that's yeah. the, the enthusiasm and your leadership is yeah what, i, I love mean it's, it. it inspires people and you have to you know all of us have down days and we need some inspiration and uh it's I good definitely the organizations appreciate it. yeah mm -hmm. we appreciate what you guys are doing thank you so much that means the world to me it's uh, very meaningful to hear that and uh, because like we are all human and we, we do get to choose to look at the pretty flowers over there mm -hmm. or my neighbor who's throwing a giant bag of recyclables in the trash, you know, like mm -hmm. we have to look at both, but we, yeah. uh, we and, and to not even look at that bag of recyclables as a problem, but to me, an opportunity, well, wow, there's still work to do. There's always work to do on ourselves and our neighborhoods. It's never ending. And to get beaten down by um, gloom and doom is the the most tragic thing I think anybody can experience. Um, it'd be, whether it's global warming or even just um, it's COVID, right? It's a, it's a natural phenomenon that um, that's affecting everybody, and these are all globally interrelated um, problems. But there is always uh, a glimmer of hope. There's something positive to look at. Something positive you can do right now, whatever you're facing. Uh, to take you a little bit up that ladder of kind of emotional uh, well-being, which is the, the basis of all the well-being on the planet, is how do we feel um, about the way we're living our lives and the way we treat others and our planet. So um, let's go out and do something good today. Um, I have a composting question for you, too, before we get before I forget. Yeah. So okay. so the big question, like I've been researching and I was talking to Clay, like, you know, animal dog dog feces is a tough one for composting. Like they can take yeah. it. But technically, uh, the regulations don't want them to like I mean, it's just like flushing it. I mean, you got your two <laughs> options. The water, the water treatment plant can take it and it can be processed just like our human feces. But if everyone did it, it would overwhelm it. If we all huh, did it at okay. a compost company, it would overwhelm it and ruin their, uh, mm -hmm. you know, all the biopathin regulations and everything so wow, yeah. um so uh, talking to clay he was you know having me start with a outdoor three bin thing made with um uh, hmm. uh pallets right so and he said the trick is you have to turn it a lot and yeah. we have volunteers so we should be able to turn it but now i was like starting to really worry about how that's going to smell turning dog poop oh <laughs> yeah so hmm. I know that a lot of the colleges and pe that uh, there's a program in Arizona, one in Toronto, the people that have been working on this problem 
typically do the anaerobic thing where they bury a big thing in the ground and they you drop it in a pipe and turn the thing and all that. Um, do you, in any of those uh, agencies that you work with, is there anybody that you could recommend I talk to that might want to start a project figuring out how to effectively uh, compost dog manure? Wow, that is such a curveball. So oh, you, don't, there, you don't have to answer now, but if you come across an idea or someone that yeah. in one of these uh, collegiate programs or somebody that wants to help tackle this, I have a facility we can do it at. You're, so you have a facility that's a compost facility? No, we have a, our facility has like oh, there's a forest the behind it. There's yeah, there's places to do it there, and we can build whatever we want. That's in Lebanon, and we right? can probably get grants for it. Yeah, this one is in Lebanon also. You know that oh, that'd be an incredible. Like TDEC is looking at what they're going to be offering for grants next year, 2022. Mm -hmm. um, they're currently looking at that, and right now they have a um, there's a statewide hold on any unnecessary expenses. So they're not going to be adding grants right now, but hopefully by 2022 they will have some. But I think that'd be an incredible proposal is to figure out a system to take care of dog, dog pet this waste. This is such a mm -hmm. popular topic. It gets yeah, asked people want to know. all yeah. the time. Oh, wow. Yeah. I get DM'd, <laughs> like late night DMs. Maris, I don't know what to do with my dog poop. Uh. Like, yeah, it's not really anything. <laughs> what is the average? Like, so I mean, I I know some people at Cornelia leave it in the little bag on the side of the greenway. I don't really know if that's laziness <laughs> or if they actually think that know. the bag is going to deteriorate like that quickly. Or so people don't. Is, are they? Step I, I also on often think, is that person? Are they like on the other side and they're like, yes. I'll just pick up my way back? Which Maybe. the majority? I've done that the before. The majority of that at the greenways mm. is because they don't have enough trash cans out right. in places. Mm -hmm. uh, they did add that one down towards the right of the runway down there mm -hmm. which you don't need to drop it off but a lot of times like if my dog poops at the beginning i'll leave it on the side there and not mm -hmm. carry it around for two laps you yeah know? Um, right yeah. And, yeah and so the question mark is there but i i don't have any dogs but i have four cats and they they do their business outside i do have a litter box because one prefers to use it and mm -hmm. uh so i'd rather her do that than poop on my shoes in my closet so yeah but the cats go and they they go and they they dig a hole and they poop and they bury it so I, it's not been a huge problem but what does the average person do with all the, the poop in their backyards i mean do they put it in the it, trash i guess yeah it's, yeah, it's, it's encased what... in plastic and put in the yeah and put in it's the, crazy for a thousand years of and plastic I, breaking down with poop in it. i'll have to say <laughs> yeah. i always thought a thousand years of poop it's yeah. just going to be fine because they're animals. They poop outside. Just let it go. Just let it. Just let it go. And Michael, Not dogs Michael, you're so. yeah. You're you're saying that it's so bad because it gets yeah. into the water. Yeah, it rushes into the streams and through the. Yeah. It's, it's like but it's even terrible if it's, for it's us. Just, e. coli you, you have source. to you have to pick it up. It has to be disposed of. Uh -huh. But the city, there's no nobody wants you to do anything but throw it in the trash. Actually, some if you look closely, I think some of the trash regulations are they don't want it in the trash either. Yeah, uh, I know. Uh, yeah, where so, is it supposed to go then? Yeah, That's uh, insane. It's, it's tough. That's I mean, crazy. Talk. This is what I would like to solve: is to you Whoa. know. Is to have something that can go at all the parks as well. Okay, so now here's here's an invention: is 
uh, if you really want to solve it is to have something people have in their yard that they put it in there and it's like a little mini anaerobic digester. There, there are those and you can buy those. Um, okay. You really have to stay on top because you're dropping a compostable bag and poop the blend of everything and you can't throw leaves and brown stuff in there you have to buy all kinds of it's, okay. it becomes a science yeah. experiment right and it doesn't work if the, if the ground is frozen so a lot mm. of the winter time it won't break down it just freezes mm. yeah. same with like if you put it all in one of those big drums uh, it yeah. just freezes for this for the winter time. It stops. <laughs> you, know, it gets the, you get a big frozen Crap. poo sickle then. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I put a lot of thought into this, and it seems like mm -hmm. I I didn't want to go anaerobic because that seems like more infrastructure. But mm -hmm. I see why people went that direction because turning piles of dog poop is probably going to be pretty gnarly. Yeah, Very oh, it's gnarly. crazy. It's a, it's a it it is a thing. Mm -hmm. So anyway, the answer is I will keep it. It's on my radar now. Okay, and good. I don't, I don't pretend I would even ever be able to come up with a solution, but it's such an important thing that we've got to figure that out. Uh, yeah, some it, college programs <laughs> surely would want to figure it out. Some, some mm -hmm. sustainability at Lipson or Lipson or some, one of hey, those. Hey, Michael, places I can that, email mm -hmm, that. Mm -hmm. Lipscomb. Lipscomb. <laughs> I can email this. I can yes, email. you can, Maris. Yeah, why don't you email the I will. program? Yeah. So yeah, if you, just want to put that on your radar because it's something I'm trying to solve for for on the bigger scale. Because even like the Nashville Humane Society or or, or Moss, mm -hmm. you know, they're yeah. just throwing their poop in the trash, and they've got they have yeah. a lot of air, acreage around them. They could be doing something. Uh huh. For sure. Yeah. But well, such that's a, a lot good, of dog such a great right topic. <laughs> I think it's like way to go. <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah, you need, that's a podcast waiting to happen right there. In yeah, yeah no, it definitely is. Once, especially if we can get some yes, insights I've into had, it. People have literally yeah. asked us to just talk about dog poop on an episode. Yeah. That's great. That's great. That's awesome. People care. People want to know the answers to these important questions. That's right. So, um, so what you're saying is not good to put it in the toilet? And flush it no, down. you can um, because the you just can't tell everybody to do that. If mm -hmm. everyone did it, so it overwhelms though. the infrastructure for the water processing plant because mm -hmm. it's something like, I mean, if you calculate the number of do just dogs per per you know that are yeah, owned it, here and the, and the, the pounds, population. yeah, it does. And yeah. uh, and they poop, you know, my two big Akitas poop pretty big. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so the water treatment plant does treat it. There's something about cat feces that has this that talk it starts with the t there's something in cat feces that they don't want to that's harder to kill oh, wow. in water treatment and they don't want it okay. even though a lot of people do flush it okay. dog poop doesn't have that um, but the stigma has been from the guy in the 70s that wrote the original composting book just dismissed animal poop as you shouldn't do it can't do it too many pathogens blah 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 and that's been taken as bible since the 70s and, yeah, and no one's yeah. addressed it because of that okay and yet, poop keeps happening. Yeah, <laughs> poop, poop happens. Poop happens. <laughs> you know, there's a, you know, another... Oh, here's an interesting concept. I don't know. This is probably not even going to uh, be part of a solution, but there is a, a farm in Middle Tennessee now that is doing rabbit poop fertilizer. So they have a system to take rabbit poop and turn it into this beautiful um, soil amendment. And they have it packaged, and they, they're doing all these campaigns around before rabbit poop, after rabbit poop, as far as what it looks like in your garden. Um, but maybe yep. there's, maybe there's well, rabbits eat, eat veg, you know, vegetation only. Mm -hmm. So that's one, it's like cow manure. Now, you know, right, the city yeah, sells yeah. human, human, the city sells the oh, waste treatment product. The, 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 what is it? Tennessee really? gold. Oh, that's insane. That is crazy. I, I got to buy some of that. And yeah. Do, we've all got to test we it out. We should try it. Yeah. We should try it. Just to say we've, 
<laughs> we struck gold in Tennessee. It's almost like science fiction, like like soiling green, you know? Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. It's kind of freaky. Yeah. Yeah, no. I think we should probably have a whole episode about that, Maris. <laughs> we all go buy some of that and try it. Yeah. <laughs> what Gnarly. Yeah. <laughs> Put it in my coffee this morning. <laughs> Ugh, wow. Hey, and oh, if you watched, uh, what is it, uh, the Martian movie where, you know, Matt Damon was uh, stranded on Mars. Oh. He, grew, he grew his potatoes in the poop. Yeah. Remember? No <laughs> shit. Yeah. Pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. I, I watched, it's true. This is, off, this is random, but I watched Gravity last night again. I hadn't seen it ah, in a long so time beautiful. with Sandra Bullock. Holy yeah. shit. Holy yeah, freaking shit. There's film. people in space doing these things. Mm -hmm. Really and truly. There are people mm -hmm. in space that that's their job. <laughs> They're in space fixing <laughs> satellites and just yeah. romping around with mm -hmm. that was crazy so, perspective. Here's something. I love here's something oh, yeah, it's good. Here's something I always think about with science, especially now with COVID. So Everyone's like, oh, well, it, you know, there are a whole segment of people saying, oh, we'll just go to Mars or we'll just go other places when, <laughs> when, we, when we use up Earth, right? Oh, really? And yeah. It's like, how, how big of a, so imagine the, the how big a proportion of the world uh, does refuses to be locked up in their houses and wear a mask. It's like, what the hell do you think space travel is going to oh, be like and life on you. Mars? I, you're, I mean, you're in a small confined space oh, out of breathing apparatus, but yeah. we can't stay at our own house without a haircut and we can't uh -huh. wear, be forced to wear a mask. It's like, you, know, you Aaron, people are not realize. cut out for space travel. No, no, not Aaron at all. Is such a not commodity. <laughs> it is such a commodity. It really freaks me out sometimes thinking about air and mm -hmm. how if we didn't have air, we would be toast. Our mm -hmm. environment, our environment. Yeah. We've lived in a bubble. Um, human beings have lived in this little bubble of our environment for about 10,000 years where it's perfect for our existence. I know. And we're about to make it go away. It's the Garden of Eden. Yeah. And, you know, like we've cut down since I, 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 heard, I saw this on a, when the World Economic Forum announced their Tree and Tree Initiative. One of the statistics they used was that 12,000 years ago, at the beginning of the agricultural era, there was twice the tree canopy that there is now. We've cut down three trillion trees, basically in canopy. So we're like, mm -hmm. we're like at three trillion trees right now on the planet, and the goal is to plant an, another trillion. But we originally were at six trillion, wow. and so that's that's the quote unquote literally the lungs of our planet is our trees. And the oceans produce a lot of oxygen too, but. Um, trees are significant. You know what can really out, make you, know? you feel helpless? Hearing about Brazil mm -hmm. and how they're just cut, how companies, these are, these are the rumors that I hear, right? Because none of this stuff is actually, can be guaranteed happening. Like, I don't know. I don't know what's true and what's not true mm -hmm. about yeah, you these can go companies. To, you can go to Google, Google, oh, which as far as companies? As far as uh, them going into the rainforest and... They could be doing some really bad shit out there. There's, there's just some... like the forestry companies. Yeah, yeah they're cutting there's where no really one's looking. There's not really anyone yeah. holding no them looking, responsible, yeah. and well, that really can make me feel helpless. I this think is why. Yeah, that's this a is why huge Marish, downer. The when mm -hmm. Biden brought up mm -hmm. the twenty million dollars for or twenty billion dollars for the rainforest, it's like he's paying attention because I think I told you the the first of all clearing uh, the rainforest is the worst place to have cattle. 
period. It's a terrible place yeah. to raise cattle. Mm -hmm. And so the cost of clearing all those trees to get the measly uh, protein from the amount of cattle they can raise on that, it really doesn't make any sense even in a normal world. But the <laughs> carbon uh, release is, is terrible. And the, the math is that if we paid all of those farmers that own the land around the edge $20 billion as a world to invest in the in the trees instead of the cattle, that they would stop w burning all that. Wow. And that's not very much money. I that's like how that. much interest Jeff Bezos makes in a day. You know, it's <laughs> right. like it's not that it really isn't that expensive <laughs> to have them stop. They just need to be able to make money, just like all of us, yeah. and they're doing it the way they can, and it's not a good way. It's Where the hardest way to raise from? cattle. Where would mm -hmm. that money come from, that million twenty million dollars? Well, I think each country has to chip in some, but I mean the US may take a lead in that if Biden I mean I was really I didn't yeah. think he was aware enough of the of figures like that and things going on because that's not a big topic on any of the debates or anything uh -huh. and he brought it up I was like oh that's, that's cool. good news He's yeah it's attention. a form of international aid which yeah. happens I mean the billions and billions in aid that are happening already um it, it's just another form of that but that would be a, it seems like a, a simple a simple affordable and powerful change that could be made it's good to hear that um yeah I mean, the, we know that there are technologies that are radically more efficient than the internal combustion engine. Mm -hmm. um, vapor carbs, that, vapor carburetors that were invented in the early 1900s when car technology was just getting started, that could go, like, I think, 10 times the distance on a, a, a gallon of gas. That were just all those patents were all bought up by oil and gas industries mm -hmm. over the year and auto industries, too. I mean, you think about it, like, there, there's no interest. They're going to do whatever they can to keep their business model as profitable as possible, even though it's the most environmentally destructive model, right? But I'd like to think that just like Coca-Cola and Pepsi realize that they're really not in the plastic uh, uh, mm -hmm. plastic bottle industry, which if they really think about it, they're just selling their soda and it, doesn't, it shouldn't matter what it's wrapped in. I think they're hitting that realization. I think the automobile manufacturers are hitting that pretty soon too. Mm -hmm. But the petroleum people and the fossil fuel guys are still going to milk that as long as they can, mm -hmm. be as vile as possible. Yeah. You know, so. Because they know how to get oil out of the ground. That's what yeah. they know. Yeah. And, and how do we connect with, how, how do the listeners connect with uh, Tennessee Environmental Council? The website is the storefront, um, TECTN.org. And we have Facebook presence and Instagram. And look us up. And decide, go there and decide what part of it, what, what button you want to click on and get started today with that. Awesome. That's a great message, Jeff. Thank you so much for coming on on your Sunday. It's yeah. been awesome. It's been awesome getting to know you all over again because I needed that fresh totally. little Jeff Berry <laughs> spice of life. Um, yeah, well, we feed you off each other. It's a, yeah. it's, it's a two-way exchange. Of, or in this case, three-way. And however many <laughs> listeners are out there, it's that yeah. many ways and times ten. Yeah, I hope they feel it. I hope you guys feel it, too. If you're listening, I hope you feel it, too, because it feels good to be surrounded by people that also want to make a difference. So you know where to go. You know the people behind the scenes, and you have the resources to go and just start doing stuff today. Thanks, Jeff. Um, we'll be in touch because we're going to be uh, maybe getting together about this really cool 50th virtual party. And yes. Yeah, keep Excited. doing the keep, keep up the great work. You do the same, and I promise I will. So thank you all. It's been great. <laughs>